This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 145 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer bot, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1987. The Dom DeLuise Show premiered in syndication in September 1987. This was barely a sitcom, more a sketch show with a sitcom rapper. Dom plays the co-owner of a barber shop with stand-up George Wallace playing the other one, who has a group of zanies drop by and do bits. Maureen Murphy plays the manicurist, Angela Ames an aerobic instructor, Michael Chambers a dancer, Charlie Callis a stereotypical detective, and Billy Scudder a chaplain-esque guy who advertises the shop. Lauren Woodland plays Dom's daughter and Loris Foraker his girlfriend. We covered Dom DeLuise on episode 68 for Lots of Luck. George Wallace got into comedy after a client for the ad agency he worked for opened a club. His original act was improvised with Wallace wearing a preacher's robe. At one point, he was roommates with Jerry Seinfeld. He moved to L.A., got a job as a comedy writer, and honed his stand-up routines. Wallace was named the best male stand-up in 1995, got an HBO special, and did the talk show circuit. He was a regular or recurred on Tall Hopes, Sea Bear and Jamal, and appeared in films Punchline, Batman Forever, and Mr. Deeds. He's still busy at age 69, with four films in progress. Maureen Murphy was an Australian comic who included drawing an audience member during her act. An appearance on Johnny Carson got her a contract with his production company. She appeared in the film Roxanne. Murphy passed in 2019. Angela Ames made appearances in adult films before moving into mainstream work. Films include All the Marbles, Scarface, Bachelor Party, as well as TV roles on BJ and the Bear and Night Court. She died only a year after the Dom DeLuise show due to heart issues. Michael Chambers had the dancing name of Boogaloo Shrimp and was a street performer for a time. TV commercials and music videos followed, including the role of MC Scat Cat in Paula Abdul's Opposites Attract. Films include... The Breakin Franchise, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Charlie Callis served in the Army in World War II and went on to be a drummer for Tommy Dorsey and Buddy Rich. He moved on to nightclub work as a rubbery faced comedian who would add nonsense words and sound effects to his act. <laughs> This led to the talk show and variety show circuits and recurring roles on Laugh-In, Switch, and the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. His films include The Big Mouth with Jerry Lewis and Mel Brooks' Silent Movie, High Anxiety, History of the World Part 1, and Dracula, Dead and Loving It. He also played the voice role of the dragon in Peach Dragon. Callus passed in 2011. Lauren Woodland started as a child actress with regular or recurring roles on Alien Nation, Brooklyn Bridge, Sunset Beach, Encore Encore, and a long run on The Young and the Restless as Brittany Hodges. Woodland studied ballet, then later earned her law degree. 
Loris Foraker was in the original Broadway cast of Godspell and went on to regular or recurring runs on MASH, After MASH, St. Elsewhere, Rachel Gunn RN, and Days of Our Lives, as well as films Gremlins, The Exorcist 3, Child's Play 3, and Radio Flyer. As mentioned above, The Dom DeLuise Show is not really a sitcom. Characters would come on and do monologues or sketches. The series only ran for one season. There's very little of the show online, only a clip. Couldn't even find the opening theme. It's a grand life. It's a grand life. It's an I've got the world in my hand life. It's a fairy tale land life. Marblehead Manor premiered in syndication in September 1987. It's the first of five shows created as part of NBC's Prime Time Starts at 7.30 package, a set of bundled programs aired on their owned and operated stations. This was the result of loosening FCC rules from 1971 that handed off the 7.30 p.m. slot, 6.30 Central and Mountain, to local stations. One of those shows was a revival of We've Got It Made, episode 117. For the most part, these shows were buried in the ratings by game shows and second-run sitcoms. We'll cover the other shows soon. Marblehead Manor is an estate owned by a wealthy eccentric and heir to a corn oil fortune, played by Bob Fraser. Linda Thorson plays his wife. The main storyline involves the staff. Butler Paxton Whitehead, handyman Rodney Scott Hudson, chauffeur Phil Morris, cook Diana Ortelli, and her son Humberto Ortiz, and gardener Michael Richards, who we'll cover when we get to his far better known series. Bob Fraser spent more time behind the camera than in front of it. He was a producer and writer for Marblehead Manor. He wrote for The Love Boat and was a producer and writer for Benson with a recurring on-screen role and Full House. Fraser went on to create the game show Wipeout. He passed in 2011. Linda Thorson was born in Canada but studied acting in the UK, graduating from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. In her first on-screen role, she replaced Diana Rigg in the final season of the UK Avengers series. Other TV work? Emily of New Moon, One Life to Live, The Hoop Life, Emmerdale Farm, and the 2020s The Hardy Boys. Film work includes The Greek Tycoon, She Made It to Broadway, Noises Off and a Drama Desk Award, and City of Angels. Paxton Whitehead is your go-to stuffy British guy. He spent much of his career in the theater going back to the 60s. Beyond the Fringe, replacing Jonathan Miller, Chermin de Fur, Habeas Corpus, The Crucifer of Blood, Noises Off with a Drama Desk Award, the 1993 My Fair Lady Revival, and there is a ton of regional theater work. Whitehead was a regular or recurred on The Naked Mind, Simon, Liberty, The American Revolution, and Mad About You. Film work includes Back to School, Baby Boom, Rocket Man, Kate and Leopold, and The Aristocrat. Phil Morris is the son of Mission Impossible's Greg Morris, and Phil's first role as a child was on another series filming at the same TV studio, Star Trek, in the episode Miri. There was some voice work in the 70s, then he reappeared on TV in the 80s. Mr. Merlin, The Young and the Restless, It's a Living, the late 80s Mission Impossible, playing the son of his father's character, W.I.O.U., Melrose Place, In the House, Seinfeld as Jackie Childs, 
Love Boat, The New Wave, Girlfriends, Wanda at Large, Smallville, Shake It Up, Shelf Life, Love That Girl, Work in Progress, and Doom Patrol. He returned to voice work in The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat, Men in Black the Series, The PJs, Justice League, Danny Phantom, Kim Possible, Legion of Superheroes, The Secret Saturdays, Black Panther, Green Lantern the Animated Series, Bravest Warriors, Craig of the Creek, and a ton of video game work. There's also some film work. Star Trek III, Jingle All the Way, Wag the Dog, Meet the Spartans, Black Dynamite. Morris has 203 IMDb roles so far. One of Diana Ortelli's earliest roles was in the film Three Amigos, where her TV son also appeared. She was a regular or recurred on Lizzie McGuire and Rocket Power, which was voice work, as well as films La Bamba, Born in East L.A., and American Me. Humberto Ortiz went on to do voice work on Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Marblehead Manor was an out-and-out farce, and it didn't work well as a traditional sitcom lasted for a single season. Its failure was so well-known in the industry that two other sitcoms referenced it in passing, The Golden Girls and Newhart. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is all about the grand life. The plot is about the chauffeur stepping in for the butler and wackiness ensues. The regular butler dresses up as a stereotypical Indian. Richard's gardener kind of wanders through the scenes. I enjoyed the 80s commercial for Nestle's more than the show. My name is Helen, and I live with these four rock stars in a house you're just never going to believe. The New Monkeys premiered in syndication in September 1987. Nostalgia has always been with us, a comforting memory which can turn out good or bad. The 80s were no exception, and based on the trend of looking 20 years in the past, it was all about the 60s. In this case, the pre-Fab Four, a.k.a. The Monkeys, which were seeing a resurgence after their episodes were rerun on MTV. So, why not a reboot? Coca-Cola Telecommunications, when you think music, you think Coke, brought together four musicians, Jared Chandler, guitar and vocals, Dino Kovas, drum and vocals, Marty Ross, bass and vocals, and Larry Saltis, lead guitar and vocals, and put them in a funky house for a sitcom. While a lot of the 60s series involved the band having money problems, the new group were doing very well, with a waitress, Bess Mata, Butler, Gordon O.S. Heim, and a talking computer, Linny Godfrey. They spent most of their time in the house, which seemed TARDIS-like, with new rooms to explore. Jared Chandler would go on to films Flight of the Intruder, Point Break, Clear and Present Danger, The Phantom, Behind Enemy Lines, before moving behind the camera, producing and or directing a series of films apparently for the military. He also became a military advisor for films and the series E-Ring. Chandler ran a military prop and costume company and at one point was charged with falsifying records to get his hands on military equipment. The charges were later dropped. Dino Kovas also moved behind the camera, although his credits surround only a few projects in 1989 and then just recently. Marty Ross was the only one who stayed in music. Unlike the original Monkees, all the band members were chosen for their musical abilities up front. 
His mother was a folk singer, and he learned to play the banjo and guitar as a small child. He joined and later quit a band that became Mott the Hoople. Ross learned flamenco guitar while studying in Spain, then moved to Milwaukee and joined the Wigs. This led to the New Monkeys. As part of the Wigs and as a solo artist, he performed songs for films My Chauffeur, Murphy's Law, the Mod Squad reboot, as well as instrumentals for TV, Nash Bridges, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, The Ricky Lake Show, CBS Sports, and others. By 2018, Ross was performing with The Wrecking Crew and at one event sang with Mickey Dolenz, the only time new and old monkeys performed together. Ross also had a long run as a writer on the edge of night. He wrote for all the New Monkeys episodes. Bess Mana made it big during the aerobics craze as one of the stars of Canadian series 20-Minute Workout. She parlayed this into a minor acting career, appearing in the original Terminator film. Gordon O.S. Heim appeared in the film The Greek Tycoon, as well as some guest TV work. Lily Godfrey was singing as a child and began studying voice. She would become one of the first black opera singers to perform in Italy. She performed in nightclubs and musical reviews, made it to Broadway in Yubi, and was nominated for a Drama Desk Award. Godfrey would go on to recurring or regular work on Amen and 704 Hauser Street, as well as the film V.I. Warshawski. She also started a production company to nurture emerging playwrights, as well as a New York-based acting group for African Americans. The New Monkeys cut an album of synth-pop, which did not do well, and that matched the series. Planned for 22 episodes, it only got 13. Found a clip on YouTube which reminds one of American Idol, concentrating on the search process for the band. It's actually similar to the original series, which showed raw footage of the boys. Out of This World premiered in syndication in September 1987, a show that would have aired on the Disney Channel had they not been concentrating on a young child audience of the time. Part of NBC's Primetime Begins at 7.30 campaign and only one of two shows that survived past it. Meet Evie Garland, Maureen Flanagan, a 13-year-old who learns on her birthday that she's half-alien. Her father, played only as a voice by Burt Reynolds, had to return to his home planet shortly after her birth. I have to go now. My planet needs me. This left her mother, Donna Pescow, to deal with a super-powered teenager. Don't worry, mom and dad were married. Only her uncle Bino, Joe Alasky, knew the secret. Buzz, Buzz Del Mondo, worked for Bino. Doug McClure played the mayor and ex-TV star, Christina Negra, Evie's BFF, and Steve Burton, her boyfriend Chris. The kids attended a private school run by Pescow's character. John Rourke played the handyman there, and Carl Steven played a fellow student. Some of the cast were dropped after season one, and in season four, new cast were added. Tony Crane as Evie's new boyfriend, Chris went off to college, Peter Pistovsky as a bumbling waiter at their restaurant haunt, who's also an alien, and Tom Nolan as a new uncle. 
We covered Donna Pescow in episode 95 for Angie and Joe Alasky and John Rourke for DC Follies in our last episode. Maureen Flanagan had only done a TV guest role prior to Out of This World. She would go on to regular or recurring work on Push, Seventh Heaven, and Starved, and a few minor films. Flanagan left the industry by the early 2010s. Buzz Del Mondo went on to a run on Baywatch. Doug McClure got his start in the mid-50s, doing work on Death Valley Days, South Pacific, before runs on Men of Annapolis, 26 Men, and the film version of Gidget. He would go on to regular runs on Overland Trail, Checkmate, and The Virginian. By the 70s, he was a regular on Search, The Barbary Coast, and by the 80s, a run on The Fall Guy. He also became well-known for genre and TV films, At the Earth's Core, The People That Time Forgot, Humanoids of the Deep, Cannonball Run 2, to the point that he became the inspiration for the late Phil Hartman's Troy McClure on The Simpsons. Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such movies as Cry Yuma and Here Comes the Coast Guard. McClure passed in 1995. Christina Negra had already appeared in the film The Sword and the Sorcerer prior to Out of This World, as well as some TV guest work. Steve Burton was better known as a soap actor, doing a stretch on Days of Our Lives during the Out of This World run. He would have an enormous run on General Hospital as Jason Morgan, as well as on The Young and the Restless as Dylan McAvoy. He won two daytime Emmys for that work. His voice work is heard throughout the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts franchises as Cloud Strife. Carl Steven had already appeared as a young Spock in Star Trek III prior to Out of This World, as well as a lot of TV guest work and the film Teen Wolf and TV show Webster. He did voice work on Popeye and Son and a pup named Scooby-Doo, and went on to the Weird Science TV series and films Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. He became addicted to drugs by the 90s, was robbing pharmacies by 2009, and died in prison in 2011. Tony Crane had a run on sitcom Day by Day, which we'll get to, just prior to his Out of This World run. He was a regular on The Big Easy and appeared in films The War of the Roses and Wishmaster. He continues to do TV guest work. Peter Potofsky had a run on Out of Control and went on to the film Robin Hood Men in Tights. Tom Nolan had a run on Jesse and the film Fast Times at Ridgemont High prior to this series and went on to appearances in films Tequila Sunrise, Pretty Woman, and Pacific Heights. Despite bad reviews, Out of This World fared quite well. It emerged from NBC's inept campaign and lasted for four seasons in syndication. Being in syndication, ratings figures are not available, but it clearly did well enough to make a profit. Evie's powers included time freezing, which is very convenient in a sitcom, object manifestation, and telepathy with her alien father. Evie's dad communicates with her via an alien cube device. He also seems to have powers that can affect things on Earth and can remove Evie's powers if needed. Evie's mother went from running a private school to a catering company to the mayor of the town, ousting Doug McClure. I mentioned the reviews. Television Without Pity called it quite possibly the worst sitcom ever made. It's a complete failure on every level. A large set of episodes were made available on DVD in Germany. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is a jazzy version of Swinging on a Star. 
Evie keeps manifesting singers from a jingle by accident, which gets old quickly, really seems like a bewitched bit. At one point, her mother does a live local commercial. Why isn't this taped? Because it's a TV show, that's why. The jokes are horrible, even for syndication. 30 minutes seems like a lifetime. The show screams the 80s in terms of decor. More of 1987 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.